0: Welcome to Drive Your Own Adventure with Benjamin Starr. With holiday parks and resorts across New South Wales and Queensland, find your dream destination with Ingenia Holidays. Okay, well we're driving our own adventure, we've had so many adventures and then we get to these wonderful destinations and this time we're in Ingenia Park here in uh, the wonderful place of Cairns and we have a special guest joining us today. We're going to talk about the Great Barrier Reef, we've heard all about it, we've Probably been out there as kids with our families. We haven't gone back as we've become adults, but the poor old reef is having a bit of a battering of late, and we need to explain what Stuart does here. It's a very interesting job. So Stuart Christie joins me, CEO and co-founding director of the wonderful Reef Restoration Foundation. How are you? Thanks very much for having me here, Ben. (laughs) All the way from Scotland, like the Skyfall movie. Was it that cold over there? It's uh, pretty cold and pretty chilly over here, but I'm very fortunate we've defrosted since
1: we've come to beautiful <laughs> Cairns.
0: Now, you got to Cairns, and we were just talking about the reef and, and your passion for going out to the reef all the time, so that must be pretty cool. You live right on the doorstep of the reef. We just take that the fact that because the reef's there and it's in the ocean... Um, it's the same all the time, but uh, that's not the case, is it?
1: No, it's, con- it's constantly evolving and changing and stuff. And, you know, this reef has been around for somewhere 8,000, 10,000 years. And, yeah. and it's constantly changing, but it's, it's like any living organism. Yeah. It changes and adapts to, it and, to its environment. But uh,
0: We've heard a lot in the media and last year, you know, um, the Prime Minister donated a lot of money to the reef. Um, in cities, people probably would sit there and scratch their head and think we'd rather a hospital. Why is it important that we save the reef? And is it really that bad? Yeah. So, I mean, the, the reason it's important, even from an economic perspective,
1: yep. it's it's one of, uh, it generates something like over $6 billion a year. It supports over 60,000 jobs. And effectively, it's one of the seven you know um, wonders of the world, natural wonders of the world. And mm-hmm. it's in our doorstep. Mm-hmm. So, I think we have a responsibility to look after something that's uh, that's that valuable. And uh, and particularly for our community, it supports a significant amount of jobs up here in Cairns. and yes. It's something that we absolutely have got to look after.
0: When we come to the reef, is it the temperature of the water that's killing the reef? Is it pollution from runoff or is it a combination of the whole lot? Yeah,
1: it's a, it's a combination of the whole lot. I mean, up until four or five years ago, the, the, the primary threat to the reef was water quality. But effectively, with increasing kind of emissions, the the threat around climate change is probably the biggest threat. And and how that translates is that as you know, water temperature increases, effectively that then starts impacting the coral health and also the the likelihood that we're going to get much more intense cyclones. So the frequency of having category five cyclones will become much more.
0: Um, yeah, so a category five for so, say so so the the reef is literally algae you were explaining before to me, and so when the temperature rises the algae dies off and then this is why we call it bleaching because the the, the reef goes well uh-uh, I don't don't feel well, bang and gets rid of it. Now, is the reef dead at that point or is it still alive or is it gone into like a shock mode? Yeah, it's, it's it's still a living kind of entity. Right, right. So it
1: depends on the kind of the frequency. So effectively, you've got um, uh, algae that kind of lives within the coral. It gives it predominantly most of its food. When the water temperature heats up above a certain temperature, it spits it out. Um, mm-hmm. If effectively that temperature doesn't drop reasonably quickly, um, you know, the, the, the algae um, will leave predominantly. And then mm. effectively the corals will die off over time it can be quite localised. You know, it's necessarily the whole reef that gets done at a time. And I think that's some of the stuff that's the gone out in the media, yeah. which is that the whole reef is dead. It's generally kind of localised in particular areas. And some areas of the reef are much more resilient. So even if you're swimming over, you know, the, as a bleaching event is happening, you can be swimming over a section of reef. There'll be a series of corals that are dead, but there's other corals that effectively are living and are, are, alive, are alive and alive. Doing, doing, doing well. And that's what we're trying to do is to kind of identify those corals that have basically have withstood the bleaching event, take cuttings of those corals. It's a bit like taking cuttings from a plant, you know, you know, yeah. you've gone to somebody's yeah. backyard and you, oh, you can actually out. cut coral. can yeah. you? And that's really? what we do. So we, we we take those corals that that we know have kind of withstood the last couple of bleaching events. We take a cutting of that coral, Yeah. We chop it into these little pieces. Mm. We hang it on these things that look like underwater Christmas trees. Mm-hmm. They float in the water. Mm-hmm. By, by cutting it and hanging it on the trees, it effectively accelerates the growth of the coral. And then after sort of six to nine months, we take those corals, we plant them on the reef, we leave some of them on the trees, we chop them up again, restocks the tree, and then we get this cycle oh of just
0: kind of keeps And going. Australia what, is the only country that's worked out how to do this? No, what's
1: quite sad is that we're probably the only country in the world which isn't doing it. So we were the first uh, organisation to oh. do this in Australia. This has been done the last 10, 20, 30 years in Southeast Asia, throughout the Pacific, Florida Keys, right. the Caribbean. But because our Great Barrier Reef has been the most natural, resilient yes. system, yeah. there hasn't been a need until this point. And
0: I think it's also a bit of the Australianism. She'll be right, mate. Australians right. are very lazy like that, aren't they? It should be right.
1: Yeah. Well, but but it's also we we've got this World Heritage Site, which is yeah. you know, and it's it's based on its natural values. So I can understand that people haven't wanted to interfere to a certain degree. Oh uh, yeah.
0: But, but you know, uh, with with the with the reef in in this state, like how how much of it would you say is unhealthy?
1: Yeah. It's it's again, it's patches. So there's right.
0: there's some really great
1: spots. Out, yeah. And even I was out last Wednesday, swimming around effectively. Yeah. Two years ago there had been large areas that which had been really bleached. Those areas have kinda of come back. Yeah. You know, there there's areas which are really showing signs of kinda of regrowth again. Sure. And then there is areas which are kinda of covered in algae and haven't come back. But it's not this kind of blanket. It's all dead and it's all dying. Mm. You know, there's still a lot of hope and optimism. And what's the, the thing
0: with the starfish you were talking about? What? 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 How did that come about? Yeah, so there is
1: crown of thorn starfish. So yeah. they're natural predators that kind of go around, generally eating kind of coral to kind yes. of break it down and kind of do. It. But. With um, the kind of the water quality that's gone out, so a lot of um, the, the water quality, the water that goes out in the rivers kind of comes from agricultural runoff, so there's pesticides, fertilisers oh, yeah. in there, and the fertiliser tends to accelerate the growth of those crinothorn starfish. Oh, really? So in certain areas, you've had swarms of these pests which are just going through and eating killing everything of coral. So they might be... Places. So you have to control them. So there's programs in place which were unheard of 10, 15 years ago, and there's now divers which go out and spear these uh, crown of starfish and take them out. So some of them are taken maybe eighty thousand a week in particular areas. Are you serious? And how yeah. big are these stars? So they they're generally about sort of three, four hundred millimeters wide, but they can they can be up to kind of you know significant. Wow. You know, and these things are something that that until ten, fifteen years ago. People just Didn't left even, alone.
0: Yeah, now they've become a, a, an enemy.
1: Yeah, and, and the system's kind of, it's that whole thing before you sort of said, well, look, you know, generally the system's in balance. As soon as the, something happens which sets it a, a, unbalanced
0: because the amount of
1: interference that we're having with the system, it then
0: puts it out of sight. Yeah, you know? and I suppose you were talking about Category uh, 5 um, cyclones. Cyclones, yeah. People in Sydney and Melbourne don't understand that sort of stuff. But um, the reef can only take so many hits. Yes. Absolutely. I mean, it, it does not actually have roots? The, the, it the, does have a root system so it's in the effecti- sand? No. So effectively what happens
1: is that you have these kind of hard substrate and the, kind of, the coral just kind of attaches it to it. So it's right. got these kind of, almost kind of glues itself onto right. the rock. And and some of the corals, particularly hard corals, can be quite brittle. Right. So if you've got these massive, like you imagine porcelain. these massive waves coming through. Bang. And they just smash the coral off the substrate, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and the fast-growing branch. It's the first corals, thing that'll get hit, won't it? It's the first thing it gets hit, you know. Right. And and some of that—that's a way naturally also of it breeding because some of the, the fast-growing coral just snaps off. effectively tumbles along, gets wedged into another piece of coral, and then it grows again. So mm. there's two ways it grows: either sexual propagation yes. or or asexual, which just means you snap it off, stick it in, and off it goes. And that's all we do is just mimic that natural yeah. processes. When we snap it off, we just put it somewhere that there's more likely to grow.
0: For families listening into us, what advice do you have to them? Like going out to the reef, are humans going out to the reef also contributing to its demise? Yeah. Is that part of the, the tourism management plan that has to be in place for all this stuff? I mean, there's a lot of boats that go out there. Absolutely. So, you know, just now we are the world's
1: best practice managed reef effectively right. on the planet. So the operators, that operate out of you know in the great Barrier reef have got to operate to really significant kind of standards so, yes so if you're going to visit any reef in the world yeah. great Barrier reef is probably the best reef to manage like anything we've all got impacts effectively with wherever we kind of go and the, the the reef operators are constantly kind of evolving and changing but yes i think that you can be assured that actually you know there's an opportunity for you guys to kind of come up here mm. get involved and and where we want to go with the kind of the coral nurseries over time as they get bigger, there's going to be opportunities for uh, tourists to kind of be and grow and be yes. involved in planting the coral back on the See, reef, that's you know? an
0: amazing thing, and I suppose there's there's courses that TAFE haven't even designed yet to do with. I mean, we teach people how to be nursery men and women, but maybe this is the the new wave. Absolutely. So out of a disaster, something good sometimes happens.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And j- just now, like the tourism operators, they have safety customer service sure. quality you know in there and what we see kind of going forward is that each of those operators will then have kind of coral restoration as part of their business model and that's the thing that you know people will then be able to involved mm. you know just now you when you book a flight you yes. can offset your emissions by planting some trees yes what we like to see is not only planting trees but planting coral that's a great idea just now we have a volunteer program our volunteers come out with us. Effectively, they do a dive. They help us maintain the trees. They kind of help look after the corals. They plant the corals,
0: and and people are really excited because. So in a way, if impossible. humans aren't out there, it's actually going to die. Yes, absolutely. So at the moment, it's it needs the human interaction. Well, in terms of agriculture, what pl- what things are they putting in place to stop all this stuff going into the ocean? Yeah, so so there there's there's a series of things that are happening. Yeah.
1: Legislation effectively is tightening to mm. kind of increase higher standards, and there's different things like well, there's an organisation we know which um, they're developing a thing called a reef credit system. So they're incentivizing farmers effectively through a financial mechanism where they can actually reduce the amount of fertilisers that they're using in their agriculture, sure. and then being rewarded incentivized to kind of be you know to to be better environmental stewards of the land and generally farmers like reef operators sure they rely on those assets they yeah. want to do the right thing and it's just about actually how do we put the incentivize, uh, the mechanisms in place to help them be better stewards and reward them for doing it, you know? Sure, sure, sure. For can
0: people donate to your cause at the moment? Oh, they can. Yes. So well, how do they do that? You can adopt a coral, you can
1: adopt a branch, you adopt a oh, tree, that's cool. sponsor a nursery. So, you know, log on to our website, yeah. briefrestorationfoundation.org. Yeah. Uh, We're on Instagram, we're on Facebook too, so, you know, get involved, you know. What
0: sort of cost is it to to do something like that? So
1: it's uh, from 50 bucks to adopt a coral and and then basically upwards from from there depending on your kind
0: of bank balance. What do you appreciate about the reef? And when you're out there, what is the sound that comes into your head that represents the reef? If we were to talk about a sound effect...
1: You can actually hear like um the fish and effectively, the corals basically kind of there's a, there's almost a really? kind of a small kind of music kind yeah. of happening in the background. So when if you go out and swim over a reef and there's a dead reef there it's quiet. Yes. If you're swimming over a live reef, it's amazing the kind of the noise. And that's one And, that and the how interface.
0: would you describe the noise? Is it
1: is it something we can replicate? Yeah, no, it's it's almost like a small kind of symphony orchestra actually with really? just like a modern symphony orchestra with yeah. different kind of just sounds. And there's different chirping and different noises and kind of, it's and that's one of the things you can indicate on how
0: healthy a reef system is is by the noise that kind of comes from it, you know. And the and the fish life out there has that been impacted because of the reefs as well? Is that having another problem as well? Yeah, because something like uh, 25% of the world's marine or fish stocks. Kind
1: of start, or at some point, spend time in uh, Great Barrier Reef. It's probably like a
0: hospital for people to recover, the fish to recover.
1: Absolutely, and birthing it's, it's, ground. It's, it's their structure, and they're, they're, it's where they feel safe. Yes. it's where they can kind of feed. Yeah, you know, if there's no reef, there's no fish. You know, and and that's one of the things that we've seen. Um, the last I was out a couple of months ago, and even where our nursery is, um, there was um, schools of fish swimming yes. through it. Batfish, basically nibbling the algae on it. I love it. And, and it almost kind of creates its own kind of ecosystem. To yeah. it. But it's so important that the reef is really just... If you can imagine going through a city yes. and effectively your buildings effectively being knocked over, lights going out, and people leaving, then yeah. you're left with a derelict place with no life.
0: What we want is like the the, the movie Under the Sea, absolutely, yeah. where it's alive and everyone's tap dancing, having a great time and singing along, and everybody's in equilibrium.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And, <laughs>
0: you know, and, and people have contributed to the problem, but we also people can now contribute to the solution. And it's it's getting the kids involved now, isn't it? It's really getting the kids excited about saving something and and, and feeling that they can do something. Yeah. And and this is what I've been really excited about is that generally
1: all our volunteers are. Although 25, yep. you know, they're kind of getting involved. We're now getting schools involved. They're right. starting to kind of get coral nurseries, like onshore coral nurseries. Mm-hmm. We've got school programs so which go out, spend time on the reef. Yep, They're doing citizen science. They're understanding what they can do here, but also what they can do when they go home. Because mm. if you can actually go home and actually do stuff where you're reducing your carbon emissions, you know, then um, it's all kind of making a difference in the long run, you know. Again, we are the best practice, our know, best managed reef system in the world. And if you want to see a great reef, This is a place to kind of come, you know.
0: Well, thank you very much, Stuart, uh, for your insights and what you're doing. You've obviously been called to do this. You don't do it for money. It's a passion project, but it's got a long-term effect for everybody, and you're doing a great job. And, of course, what's the website again that people can log on to to help?
1: Yeah, reefrestorationfoundation.org, and you can also find us on Facebook and Instagram too.
0: Fantastic. So we're driving our own adventure, talking with CEO and co-founding director Stuart Christie there from the uh, wonderful uh, Reef Restoration Foundation. Thanks for joining us. Great stuff. Thank you very much for having me. Thanks for listening to Drive Your Own Adventure with Ingenia Holidays. With holiday parks and resorts across New South Wales and Queensland, Ingenia Holidays offers the ideal place for an extended break, weekend getaway, or short stopover. Find your dream destination with Ingenia Holidays at www.ingeniaholidays.com.au.